Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Dear brothers, sisters, friends, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I give you the greeting of peace in this, um, on this beautiful evening, on Saturday evening. Um, alhamdulillah, we're going to be discussing a very important subject that's close to my heart, but even closer to the heart of our dear brother who's joining us also, Mansour um, al-Dayfi who is a former Guantanamo prisoner, held there for 14 years without charge or trial, currently in Serbia where he was resettled. He's the author of a book uh, that will be coming out soon, and inshallah he can talk to you about that before, uh, before he, he comes on uh, after me. Uh, and he's also an author of several articles, uh, not least of which I recommend you to uh, visit on the New York Times website, uh, taking marriage lessons or marriage class in Guantanamo. Um, and his book, of course, is called, is called uh, Don't Forget Us Here, Do Not Forget Us Here. Um, we will be discussing this evening a very important concept, and the concept, of course, is hunger. And not least because we are coming up to the month, the blessed month of Ramadan, um, uh, that is so important for us, so important for Muslims, uh, of course, around the world. But we're going to give you a taste, a little bit of a taste, and especially Mansoor from his experience, not just of, not really of Ramadan so much as abstaining from food for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to grant and seek the rights of people who have been deeply oppressed. Um, this I can't state enough, uh, perhaps isn't, you may think that the, the concept of abstaining food from food, in fact, uh, the hunger strike, uh, is not from an Islamic tradition. Uh, but you'd be wrong in thinking that uh, it isn't from a tradition of fighting against uh, oppression when there is nothing left uh, for you to be able to do. Uh, so let me start then, inshallah. I'll be speaking to you about for, for about 15 to 20 minutes and after which Mansoor will be uh, uh, speaking about a very, the importance of um, the, the history of, of, from an Islamic perspective of abstaining from food and drink. And then of course the, uh, the part that you will all be looking forward to hearing about is, is his experience of Guantanamo and particularly the hunger strikes. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, And this is a beautiful verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we will test you with something from uh, fear and hunger and loss of wealth and possession. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But he says, give glad tidings to those who are what? Patient. And then those beautiful verses that we all know, uh, yet we only think about them really when somebody passes away. But this isn't really about passing away as much as it is connected to these great trials of life. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says straight afterwards? Alladina idha asabatun musiba. Those who are tested with a great tribulation, How often have we said this ayah, this short part of this ayah, and not understood the context of the back, the verse from behind, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we will test you with fear, something from fear and hunger and loss of wealth and loss of possessions. How often did we connect it with that? We only connected with somebody's passed away. Inna lillahi wa inna 
something for us to think about. You know, dear brothers and sisters, hunger is something uh, and uh, uh, that a human naturally, a human being, in fact, animals, uh, all creation, in fact, naturally require food, require sustenance, require something to keep them going. For the animals, there's no concept of abstaining from food unless it is, unless it is to feed the child. The, 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 the mother or the male, uh, the female animal may, may uh, go without in order for the child to survive, for the, for the cub to survive, for, the, uh, for its offspring to survive. But when a, when a person himself or herself abstains from food in order to fight for their basic rights, this is something particular to human beings, particular to human beings. I won't say it's particular to Muslims. In fact, Muslims have a code that is a, a, a scriptural code that comes, it continues from the early prophets about abstaining from food and drink in order to purify the body, purify the soul, uh, feel connection with those who don't have. Uh, of course, we all know this in Ramadan, in fasting, in fasting Ayyam al the, the days, uh, uh, the white days or the days of the, the, the full moon every two weeks, fasting on Monday, fasting on Thursdays, fasting to expiate your sins, fasting on this fast of Dawood We all know this, this Islam has a very, uh, very pronounced connection with fasting, far more than I believe any religion does though other religions do under, do have the, the concept of fasting in order to so that you get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But just as a history, as an idea of people fasting and keeping away from food in order to make a political or a, uh, um, a, 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 a point about um, political rights or civil rights or human rights, it's something that's happened uh, for many years. For example, in the Irish, amongst the Irish, we know famously that the Irish um, hunger strikers uh, in the 80s in particular, 10 of them died hunger striking. Uh, and amongst them was the famous uh, Irish Republican, Bobby Sands. And they were doing something that was known in their history, that when English occupiers had come over to Ireland or landowners and had abstained or forced people in a position where they were, for example, during the Irish famine, um, people, women particularly, would, would go to the front doorsteps of the landowner and lay there and would not eat or drink until the person would come along and see what great hardship that they're going through. Um, famously or infamously, even Gandhi hunger striked in order to stop the violence and the riots that happened within uh, in, in India when the partition was taking place. Uh, and indeed, if you listen to some of the, um, the movements, the great movements that have existed in the past and in the present, the suffragettes famously, um, were ones who fought for women's rights here in, in Britain, uh, which have accept, uh, affected other parts of the world, were famous for their hunger strikes. They were also famous for uh, carrying out other acts of sedition in order to fight for simply the right of the women to vote. That, that's what all it was. And that, was, that happened just in the last century. They took part not only in the hunger strikes, they were also force-fed. Mansoor is going to be talking to you in detail. Remember, this is now in our history books, that the uh, hunger strike, uh, women who hunger strike were force-fed. What does that mean? What does that process mean? Um, I, I don't know what it's like. 
but Mansour will tell you in, in detail. But it's something that happened. It is a history for this type of thing. And there's a reason why did powers, why did the authorities felt, feel it necessary to force these people who are fighting for their rights um, to, to ingest liquid food, to keep them alive? Why not just let them die? If, if, they are, if you are so opposed to them, just let them die. If they're killing themselves, that's their problem. But there's a concept about um, uh, those hunger strikers. Uh, indeed, as I said, uh, uh, it, it was famous amongst the Irish, it was famous amongst uh, the suffragettes, um, and even those who weren't known for necess necessarily for hunger strikes, they understood the concept of hunger from where they came from. The famous um, uh, American Black liberation uh, leader, Frederick Douglass, said that we were so hungry as slaves in America, that often I used to have to fight with the dog to get food. What does he mean by that? He means that scraps that had been thrown to the dog, not to him as a child, but to the dog, he would run to that plate, to that floor where the dog was eating that food and he would fight with the dog for that food. That's how hungry they were. That's how separated they were from uh, the basic sustenance that any human being uh, requires especially children. Malcolm X says, and this was of course when he was growing up in the, uh, in, in the 20s and the 30s, he said that when he was growing up, that they were so hungry, him and his, and his siblings, that he they would feel dizzy. They would literally feel dizzy that they couldn't stand. And I don't know, most of you must have experienced this at some point or the other, that where you are so hungry that you're uh, you, 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 you've lost control of your senses. You don't know what's happening. And so think about this. Malcolm X also famously said, and this is, the, this is his perception of man, man in particular as opposed to woman, but man. He said, what is it that a man desires most? In, in, a, in a discussion, in, in a lecture, he asked his you know, uh, people, at, attendees, um, and people replied, money, wealth, power women and he said no you're all wrong he said if you think it's woman if you think it's a woman then i take I'll, i will test you don't eat any food for four days or five days and i'll bring you the most beautiful woman in the world and i'll bring you a, a, a plate of just old food and see which you take a piece of first that's what that's how he responded he understood the concept of hunger when it is at its most base, that everything else becomes secondary. Everything. Hunger is, is it, to, to, for, it, it takes control of you. And for you to take control of it requires a commitment, a belief, a determination, a, uh, a sense of uh, principle that is not easy for any ordinary person to uh, to take on. And so this concept of abstaining from food, abstaining from drink, um, which every body requires, every physical body requires, requires a mind that's stronger than your body, because your body will become weak. If you have seen the states of the hunger strikes, and Mansoor will tell you, from his own experience, what happened to them. I can tell you just from when I used to speak to Shakir, and when, when Shakir told, used to write to me, 
he'd lost, he'd lost most, I mean, half of his body weight. And if you think about in the past, when hunger strikers, you see their bodies have literally become almost skeletal. There's, if you see the images of these uh, hunger strikers, you think to yourself, how can that person survive? Like physically, let alone mentally. Where does the mental power come from to be able to, sustain, to be able to say to yourself that if it means that I will die, then so be it. As I said to you, there were 10 hunger strikers, IRA hunger strikers, who died amongst them Bobby Sands in the uh, 70s and the 80s. And they did it for a cause. And they only, those people who went on hunger strikes were only allowed on the hunger strikes after they had gone through a series of processes. They, nobody could just get onto it. You had to have gone through a, a series of tests and processes that then they chose people and said that these people will stay the course. Um, we've seen hunger strikers, of course, in Palestine. We've seen them in Cuba. We've seen them in Turkey and other places. Of course, people resort to this. Uh, but what's particularly striking uh, about the Guantanamo hunger strikes is that the, a, the numbers of people that were doing it, the place they were doing it, and the fact that the fear that existed amongst the US administration uh, necessitated for them to force feed the prisoners on a basis that was um, systematic. But you're gonna inshallah hear from Mansoor much more detail about that uh, rather than from me. Suffice it to say, my dear brothers and sisters, um, that uh, we as Muslims, and as human beings in general. Uh, we have been placed on this earth to uh, do good, to be, to be uh, sources of good. Uh, the Prophet said that the one who guides to good is like the one who does the good itself. Our mission as human beings, our mission as Muslims in particular, is to be a source of goodness. And uh, the concept here, of course, we're living in a world now, particularly those of us who are in the West and, and uh, you know, most of the world, we don't experience that kind of hunger. And we have to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that that kind of hunger is never meted upon us. And we don't choose to, to take it on in that way. And that whenever that we pray, we're not forced to be in a position where we must hunger strike to get our basic rights or to stop another person being abused. But as the month of Ramadan approaches, and we all take on this aspect for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to abstain from food and drink, which most people in society, you'll find most people, even practicing Christians uh, and pra people practicing other religions, when you tell them that I fast from sunrise until sunset, and that fast means no food passes these lips, no water or drink passes these lips, no uh, physical relations with the opposite sex take place. Only good happens. And then at the end of that long, arduous, difficult day, I pray. The first thing I do is pray. I break my fast with something small, but then I pray, remembering that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's given me all the sustenance that I could ever have wished. In fact, one of the most beautiful uh, ayahs in the Quran, I remember to this day, though it has to do with talaq, uh, what the prisoners used to internalize it all the time. And I'll leave you with this. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
And whoever fears Allah, he will make for him an exit, a makhraj, a way out, and will provide for him food, sustenance, wealth, whatever it is you need, from where he never imagined. And whoever has reliance on Allah, then he is sufficient for him. So inshallah, I'm going to leave you there with, uh, with this, with this just opening words. Uh, Mansoor, inshallah, will talk to you about um, Islam's relationship with hunger, with uh, fasting, and uh, particularly then the story of Guantanamo. So jazakallah khair and on to Mansoor. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I would like to welcome you all and uh, thank you, Brother Muadlam. Hey, before we jump to Guantanamo, I would like to see just a small introduction. <clears throat> First, I want to say, uh, remind you all that Hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Deeds are only uh, by intention. Verily, every person will have only what they intended. So, in this era, it is shame in humanity that we are, we are still I mean, there's like many people still suffer of the hunger around the world, well, like in Africa and in other countries. It's a shame because there is food more than enough for everyone. But again, there's like hidden agenda behind starving those people in those countries, which like, unfortunately, my own country, one of the, those countries which we have around every couple of minutes, child die of malnutrition or starvation. Anyway. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned uh, hunger or Quran, joy in Quran in, in different uh, places and to describe different situations. Brother Mu'abba mentioned Qawm Allah Azza wa Jal, وَلَنَلْوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصِ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنْفُثِ وَالْأَنْفُثِ وَالْثَمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Test itself, you are not rewarded for the test itself, but you will be rewarded for your reaction to it. Either like you'll be rewarded uh, for your patient, the way you react, submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rida, taslim, ihtisab. Or you might be punished if there is like ghabab, uh, refuse to accept uh, the result and so on. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said, who has fed them or saved them from uh, the hunger and made them safe from fear. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, When you look at those ayah, subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, mentioned joy and khawf at the same time. They came together, joy and khawf, because they usually, when they're like joy, there is khawf, there's insecurity. And Allah presents an example, a city which was safe and uh, secure, uh, it is provision ca uh, coming to it in abundance from every location, but it denied the favors of Allah. So Allah made, made it taste the envelopment of hunger and fear for what they have been doing. It is the consequences of uh, their actions uh, and uh, sins. Then Nabi always used to say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ju' fa'innahu bi'isa al-dajee' wa'udhu bika min al-khiyana fa'innaha bi'isa al-bitana means, oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from hunger for it is an evil, an evil bedfellow 
and I seek refuge in you from the treasury for it is an evil hidden uh, trait. So if you look at the in Arabic means the one you sleep with, like it, it sleeps with you and it relates to sleep because when you're hungry, it's hard to sleep. You cannot sleep properly. So the Prophet وسلم, used to uh, make sti'ada of uh, hunger. And the Nabi mentioned another hadith, which is one of the important hadith in our lives to remember always the grace of the bone, the ni'mah we live in. So, man asbaha minkum mu'afan fi jasadi, aminan fi sirbi, indahu quuti yawmi, faka'anna mahazat lahu dunya. Whoever among you wakes up in the morning secured in his uh, dwelling, healthy in his body, having his food for the day, then it is as if the world has been gathered for him. If you look at it, in the morning when you wake up, like you always like job, you know, the day that daily issues, alhamdulillah, when you wake up, we go to pray for the first thing. But as in the morning, when you start your day, it is a lot in your head. But this is hadith remind you to remember that the ni'mah we all live in. So and I, I, don't, I don't want to go to in details because I, we need to move to another, uh, another uh, to Guantanamo. So before that, I just want to talk about uh, hunger too. So uh, also I'd like to talk about the, uh, the Prophet ﷺ way of life. First, when they were uh, blocked aid or were under siege in Sheba Abi Talib in Mecca for three years, the Prophet and uh, his family, uh, Quraysh gathered and they wrote a document that they will stop dealing with them, boycotting them and put them under black aid. People in their uh, Khadija and Abu Talib and the Prophet ﷺ, they spent all their wealth until the people starve, until they ate the leaf of the trees, the skin of the dead uh, uh, animals, even the bones. They suffered a lot. So also we talk about uh, in Medina again, when the Prophet migrated to Medina, al-Ahzab or uh, the Battle of Trench or the Ghazwat al-Khandaq, when they, uh, when uh, Quraysh gathered with the different tribe, the Prophet وسلم, they built the trench or Khandaq in Medina to stop uh, Quraysh. When they, for three days, they didn't have any food. What they did, they wrote, Nabi وسلم, tie stone around his stomach of hunger. That what we did in Guantanamo, I will let you know how, how it benefited us. So because we remember that the Prophet did it and we did it too. Also, like uh, one of the things, like you remember Abu Bakr and Umar, they were wealthy in their families in Mecca, but they live and sacrifice a lot. The Prophet وسلم, when they came out of his house and he found uh, Abu Bakr and Umar, like, what brought you outside of this hour? They, saw, they said, Oh Rasulullah, hunger. They said, By Allah, the same brought me out, which is hunger. I'm like, those were wealthy people. We, we know Abu Bakr, he was a wealthy man. Umar was a wealthy man, but they sacrificed everything and they went to Medina, yet they came out seek, uh, see, uh, uh, to seek some, uh, some food. In the end, uh, there is a lot of examples here, but I want to say something, really. We need to think, like us here. Like, uh, I experience a hunger, I know what hunger is, <laughs> but I would like to squash it. Who is the real uh, person who we can see like hungry? Like if you escape three, four, five, six, seven, eight meals, can you call yourself hungry? I don't know, like some of you, maybe they have like small uh, supermarket in the refrigerator. 
you know, you cannot really call yourself hungry because you can eat, you know, you are going to eat anytime you want, the way you want, what you want. And not that you just, you grab your mobile, get an order like a meal. So I wouldn't call you hungry. Maybe you, you, you may have like, you, you have some kind of feelings or something like, not even a smell of it. We have to think of the people who really starve and hungry. They have nothing to eat. They have no plan. They don't know if they go to eat or not. They don't know what's the next meal, when, where, or how, or what. So people sometimes spend days, like survive on nothing. And we often like experience, even Sahab they will survive on one date, day. Uh, so like, I'm sorry, I'm repeating it like a lot. So I'm trying to stop. We have to rethink about hunger meaning and wish to complain when we fast because it is for our uh, hobby. Before we jump also to Guantanamo, uh, there is many, uh, the hunger used in different ways. It can be like, it will worship, like as fasting for the secular subhanahu Ramadan or other fasting, this is considered worship. Even if you get hungry and your intention have patience if someone deprive you from your food or you get hungry, if your intention for a second, you will be rewarded. Again, the, the intention, it is the, the, it is the essential uh, element in the deeds. Uh, hunger could be also a therapy or remedy. Like I remember one of the stories of the Sheikh Al-Albani, he said he had some uh, stomach and uh, chest disease. And he said, I found a book for the Assyrian doctor who was translated in Arabic, said like, if a man uh, fasts for 40 days, it will help him cure many diseases in his body. So the Sheikh Al-Bani did it for 40 days, just on water. But again, it's not advisable to do it unless if they like cancer doctor and it's advised for people who's like over 40 years old. When he finished it, he said, I found my health improved. And we experienced that at Guantanamo. Also, as we said, it could be uh, hunger would be like test. It could be punishment. Uh, it's be a way of torture. It could be also a way of resistance and fighting for justice, fighting for rights, as we did. It could be a way of, of killing because the, we, we all know the hadith of the woman who imprisoned a cat until, until the cat died. He never said, She's will be in, she will be in hell because she didn't feel she didn't feel the cat the cat or let it go to 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 find what to eat. Also, hunger is a way of controlling and destruction, as we see now. As we see now, like for example, I'm talking about my own country in Yemen. Uh, Thirty million people for the last seven years, the international community donated over twenty billion dollar to help Yemeni people. But that, that money disappeared in the black hole. And I, it's my opinion, like, I think in those international uh, organization and big uh, names, they want to keep the situation as it is because it's a way of making a lot of money. Even in Africa at the same time, like, we don't see famine or hunger or starvation in, uh, in China, not in the United States, not in Russia, of course, not in Europe, only specific like as it is tension is intentional those people should start also it become a trade it's become a business collecting money uh negotiation and so on so unfortunately that i told you in, in this 20 
uh, 21st century, we're still talking about hunger, starvation, and so on. When you look at it, they throw every year millions of tons of rice and wheat in the ocean to keep the balance of the prices. But it was, I believe there is food, water, and air, and air for everyone, and more than enough for everyone. So now let us jump to uh, Guantanamo and to the journey of hunger and hunger strike. The story started early in uh, black sites in Kandahar detention to in Kandahar detention, we used to get only one meal a day, uh, like one uh, every 12 hours. We had like only a uh, military meal. I think uh, Ma'adam, brother Ma'adam remember that meal, right? Yes, very well, very even, well. Even the soldiers, they used to steal like the, the brown cake or the MM or like the, bar, the sweet bar. <laughs> if, if, you let, if you allow me just to explain for one moment the exact what an MRE is, so you guys understand this is very important. An MRE is called a meal ready to eat. It's a pre-packed, uh, pre-sealed military ration pack, which includes uh, different flavors of a sealed packet. Um, many of these are haram for us. We can't eat them. They've got different types of meat in them. There are only a handful of vegetarian ones. They also have in there a pound cake. They have crackers. They have uh, Tabasco sauce. They have a heater, uh, made of, which is of phosphorus. All of those things, except for the packet, we never used to get. We didn't even get the spoon because it could be used as a weapon. So we just got this little packet that we'd have to open with our mouths and pour it in our into our mouth. Sorry, carry on, Mansour. Yeah. Okay. So, like as I told you, uh, <clears throat> we used to get those meals, and when the guards sometimes brought it, they would steal those stuff because you know they have orders not to take it. But when they put the meal, they would fill the packet and leave. So the brothers used to shout them, "Hey, thieves! Stop! Stop!" The guard, what? Like in Kandahar, like crazy. I remember like uh, uh, one of the brothers, Hamza, used to, it was like, used to take like extra 12 meals because it, it was like really cold and hunger and Hamza, Hamza Mafia, mashallah tabarakallah. So like, oh, sahbi, I'm going to, I will, uh, 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 like the Tunisia, like language Tunis, uh, Tunisian, I'm going to take extra food and he distributed for all the brothers. Anyway, uh, we used to get only one meal and the second meal will be a piece of, of a bread and one fruit sometime. But in the black side, it was really hard and difficult. You know, the brother, where they're hanging, they will come and put rice in there, mixed with stone in their mouth and pour water in their, in their, uh, in their- Just explain, uh, to the, explain to the brothers the black side, because some people might not know what a black side is. The black side, it is like uh, the secret uh, uh, location uh, uh, managed by the CIA where like they kidnap people and torture them and no one can get access, not ICRC, not any organization, no one knows about them. It's like they can do with them whatever they want. So those brothers, the, the one who suffer more, like there's like people died in those black sites. Again, like in Kandahar, subhanAllah, what I noticed that there was brothers even in those, in the worst situation, there were brothers who fast, something every day, they would gather the food and give it to others. And some like I'm um, uh, sorry, and there are other brothers who uh, also would donate their meals to share with others. It you know it's not it's not easy, brother Ma'adam, to be in that tough position. You need to eat. It's cold. It's not just cold, fear, and lack of food. Yet I found some brothers used to fast. Other brothers they give their own food for the the one who needs. Like they're like sick people or injured brothers, they give them their food. We arrived at Guantanamo uh, and come back straight. And 
we had seen a lot in Cam, uh, uh, in uh, in Kandahar uh, detention, uh, you know, like mistreatment, especially when it comes to the religion issues, as you know, like we are very uh, sensitive to the matter. Again, the treatment started there. And one day when the, uh, when they, uh, when the guards went to the cage and one of the brothers was praying, so they pushed him to the ground and, and they took his stuff. Also, they used to kick the Quran to the ground, throw it away. We, we tried to talk to them. We, we didn't know what to do. So the point we started talking about hunger strike. I have no, I had no idea what's this hunger strike. I mean, like you read it in the book, how it started and how we started like talking about it, negotiation between the brothers and debating and so on. But when it happened, when the guard beat other brothers, few of us just reacted. We went on hunger strike, stopped eating. You know, I used to fast, but the first it was easy, but the second day it was really hard and difficult. So the first time we spent around nine days on water. This is our first experience. It was like a huge, a huge accomplishment. It was huge because the general came to negotiate with us. He knelt in front of the brothers in his knee and he started negotiating with us. So now we can do something. We start learning now. This, this is how the journey began and how we met the hunger strike. While we were, we, while we were in hunger strike, that chaplain, he brought us a fatwa and said, it is haram to do hunger strike because like, don't kill yourself. We said, okay, why don't you tell them to start the torturing us and misabuse us? Let us pray uh, freely and, you know, like talk and stop. He said, uh, he said, like, you know, like I'm here just to try to help you. We try, we said, okay. We moved to Camp Delta after the Camp X-ray and that, that's the first move, which was the hunger strike, give us confidence that we could do things. Because after the hunger strike, things improve a little. We, we, we could go to the shower, we, we get shorts for the shower, and the guards come down a little, we could stand, we could talk freely, and, and so on. Again, in, uh, in Camp Delta, the second time, <laughs> Uh, they put me in solitary confinement in India Black. Uh, I went on hunger strike for 20 days. I wanted to get out because I was young. It was like really close and you just left in like metal box. I spent five days, I did stupid thing. Like I spent five days not even drinking water. It was too cold. I almost died. So like then I did it 20, I think 20 days that time. Only, uh, only, only on water. And the, the last five days, I stopped. then I couldn't like. I, <laughs> I started drinking water, and they took me out. After a few months, we went on a second hunger, a second massive hunger strike. What also was in 2002. As a result, the guard threw the Quran to the bush. One of the brother that the, the Quran threw in the, in the on the ground. So the whole camps reacted, and again we went on hunger strike. But that time it was like almost like everyone. The demonstration play in, in those uh, speakers. They uh, play uh, Quran to Surah Al-Baqarah and they talk. It was accident, of course, but we need to stop. Then they improved the food. <laughs> so we could do things here. So the genie started little by little, but we do many hunger strike every time. It wasn't like we, 
it, it is it is like it takes time to be used to it. Like it takes it takes time. Not you can do it like at once, but the situation we what we live in it just push you and like give you energy to continue. Uh, we did hunger strike in 2003 and four. Uh, like it like separately small groups and there was there was always hunger strike. There was someone who was in hunger strike. Two brothers, Khal, uh, Muhammad Rajab and uh, one other like uh, a, a Kuwaiti brother. They they spent over one month on hunger strike. Okay, we said they didn't die. Okay, we could do it. We were also we were afraid. We didn't want to die or kill ourselves because we didn't know what's going to happen to us. We have limited times, but the more we do hunger strike, the more we learn and the more we learn how to organize the hunger strike too. Like we used to go like one group at the same time. Experiencing the hunger strike, what I can tell you, it is just slow journey toward death, literally. Uh, the first four days, the hardest one, because after four days, uh, the stomach shut down and the body start eating itself, eating like from what, what, what it has. Uh, start losing sleep, rest, not even your voice change, uh, start losing weight. Also, uh, you cannot uh, think clearly, like all your functions start losing, uh, it's, it is like uh, functionality to function properly. Your dreams and thoughts about food, 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 food. Trust me, every, every single uh, part you throw in the food, you regret that, even a single uh, uh, rice. So like dreams about food, thinking about food all the time. Like, uh, I don't like when the brothers, when they used to bring the food, some of the brothers would stood in front of the fella, I just want to look at the food, that's it. So uh, hunger and hunger strike, it was the purpose of, we tried to, to stop the, the torture. We tried to stop the injustice, the mistreatment in the camps. It was also, it was countered by the administration they didn't let us sleep. They used to take us like, you know, leave us and they give us IVs. Like if they found out to like feel unconscious, they leave you, they don't care. Unless you feel unconscious or you fainted, they will be taken to the medical and they shoot you with the IV, cold one. Some of us will take to the solitary confinement and it's like begging the door every 30 minutes to force us to stop the, the hunger strike. We had hunger strike in 2005. Also, the camp administration negotiated, like negotiate with the with the brothers to improve the situation. The camp they started, then everything collapsed. Uh, also, hunger was used in torture. In the in the interrogation, for the interrogation, I remember like in camp three, they used to bring us a little very little food. You can even count the rice, very little. Like it, everything, it can be like half cup of the styrofoam cup. Akhuna Umar Alibi, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his release, said, look, brothers, we have, this must stop. He said, I need you to eat only two thirds of your meal. Don't eat full. Like, brother said like, are you crazy? He said, just do it. For we start like for two weeks, eat only two thirds. After three weeks, 
they give us double portion every meal. So, so now with the time we start learning how to encounter their uh, their uh, treatment, and also they will learn at the same time. So both sides were learning. When they moved the brothers to Camp Five, they used to give them also little food. Not just that, but you will get your meal in two hours. Like first they will bring you the fruit. In 20 or 30 minutes, they will give you a slice of bread. Then they will bring you a cup of milk. Then they will bring you the clamshells, like two hours to two hours and a half. Why? To keep you starved. What the some of the brothers did, they used to fast. Brothers like some of us, like most of us used to fast. So Alhamdulillah, it was barakah when we fast because you got three meals a day, you fast. We get mixed suhoor and water. Then we hide the, the food for breakfast and lunch and dinner. <laughs> so you, when, you, when you break your fast, you have like really a lot of food and you can sit for the second day. So that we used to do like to, uh, to fast ibadah. And at the same time, we try to not to feel the, the pain of hunger. I remember who died in Guantanamo. He used to eat only once, meal, once a day. And the other meal he would donate it for other brothers. He said, I'm skinny, I don't need a lot of food, but there is brother who starve. And this one thing like I really admire about him. Uh, one of the also the uh, uh, okay, uh, brothers used to also do some like that they used to fast in secret, like they want to have like hidden ibadah. The camp demonstration, when they like used to do hunger strike, they they pretend not to care. So we, brothers developed the ways like, okay, some brothers had to go in, uh, in secret to do hunger strike in secret. So they would take the meal, they'll give it to the neighbors or throw it from the window and they'll give it to the guards. After 20, 30 days, the, bro the brother would feel uh, um, uh, faint. They would take him to the medical, they would chase his blood. They were like shocked. Like it was like that, they have to, they have to watch us actually eating, extra work. Some of the brothers too, uh, during even the hunger strike, alhamdulillah, when we like reached the, the first feeding, I spent like, Priscilla, I spent 57 days in water. Some of the brothers spent over more than like 60, 65, 62, 65 days. And uh, we saw death because we, when I like, after 40 days, I couldn't move at all. Like I pray, sit down and like sleeping on the ground, on the floor of the cell. And I couldn't even stand. I couldn't go, I went to the sink. I used to like tamum and pray. Like I used to And we had to do it. We didn't want to die, but at the same time, we had to fight for justice. We had to fight for the rights because there was a lot and someone has to stand to do something. So when they brought us in the first feeding, another way, uh, Started, which is uh, brother Ma'adab, when you want to start, please stop me. No, so, no, no, carry on, please carry on, please carry on. So, uh, uh, when they start the first feeding, actually, the first feeding is another story. They used to put the tube from our nose to our stomach and pour some like two kind of insurance, like uh, nutrient uh, liquid. It was awful experience, but we get to you. So, at that time, we start negotiating with the common strangers, especially in Ramadan. We tell them we need to fast. Either you give us once one feed a day or feed us before suhoor and after maghrib. Some sometimes they will accept, sometimes we have a deal like we're going to drink ensure before suhoor. And after iftar, they have to feed us. So because we need we told them we cannot, we, we need to fast in Ramadan. 
so we were hunger strike and force feeding and fast at the same time in Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, Azawajal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the brothers. If I talk about the hunger strike and force feeding in Guantanamo, it's one of the biggest story. And like the brothers, some of the brothers started uh, spend 10, some of them 10 years, 15 years on force feeding. But the media didn't talk, doesn't talk, don't talk about it because it's Guantanamo, because those detainees. Anyway, uh, so experiencing that hunger, after years of hunger strike, we didn't care. Now I can spend two or three days without eating maybe like dates or drink one cup of milk, that's it, and can survive. Like, because the body used to it. Also, we developed the way <laughs> of the hunger strike. One of the, like, thing I admire about like, how we learned to do hunger strike. It was like, now it's a tactic. It is as you hold the dagger to your heart and you might die at any moment with hunger strike because uh, it, is, it is dangerous. We started when the CAD demonstration, we used to start like, at one time, all of us, like three, four hundred, and two or three weeks, uh, three weeks, the number would start decrease. And this is discouraged all the brothers and the commissions like, okay, people, they stop, but they start eating. So we said, okay, guys, okay, brothers, we need to uh, organize our way of hunger strike. So the brothers who would go for a long term, they will start like for one month, two months, they will start. Then we start the brothers, how, how, do you, how, much, how many days you can do hunger strike? Then organizing groups. Before the hunger strike, we would prepare, we would uh, start eating less, preparing ourselves because you have to, your body, you have, you, you have to prepare your body for eating less and start losing, losing weight. Sometimes we eat one, once a day. Sometimes we just not only fruit, eat only fruit and vegetables until like our body is ready because we need also uh, our stomach to get rid of whatever is there. So like then we recognize about the long term brothers would start, then the second group, the third group and the brothers who could like eat once every two days. So we would build a mountain, uh, the hunger size going up. We, we are going to, we have like, we're going to go for 30 days or 30 days or, but with the time we do the hunger strike, the number increase. Our uh, our uh, card, which the brother the brother who has uh, problems like they like have diabetes or they have like the, uh, heart problems, or they have other health issues that the community don't want them to do a hunger strike. So toward the end, we went through that card. So actually, we are going to finish soon. But the combat administration, like they said, the number is increasing and though people are joining and they're like other brothers, if you cannot eat, they eat only one meal. They say, okay, there's other brothers prepare to go on hunger strike. So it was a way of like, it was a way of battle. It's like a real war, it is war. But at the same time, we learn because we had no other choice because they also try to hide the number. They always try to, they don't want to show the fruit of your, of your job. They don't want to share it with you. They don't want to talk to you. So like, I'm talking about how the way we, like when I start thinking about the hunger strike, it was how we build it up, how we learn from it. Like sometimes I, I, I think to, to make like special course online, how to do hunger strike properly, how to plan, how to properly, how to get the fruit. Because the way we did in Guantan, we spent like 15 years doing it. We never stopped. Even like it's been like two or three years on force feeding. So there is a lot to learn about how to know your body, yourself, the calories, the count, everything. 
Achim Mansour, inshallah, I think, uh, I think um, at this point, uh, I'm going to stop and we're going to continue with this discussion because it's, it's really, really important. Um, I'm going to ask brothers and sisters, inshallah, you've heard extraordinary, I mean, absolutely extraordinary what Mansour is talking about. It's out of an experience that most of us probably would never have uh, uh, come across. I, myself, when I was in Guantanamo, most of my time was either spent in solitary confinement or in Barbara and so forth. So I wasn't subjected to or connected to the hunger strikes. I heard about them from uh, the guards and maybe one or two of the other prisoners. Uh, so uh, I've heard about this, of course, very, very much from many of the prisoners. Uh, but when you hear the sheer length of 15 years of hunger strike, and I believe and Mansour can tell us that there are still brothers who are on hunger strike, even as we speak, they sporadically get involved in the hunger strikes. They're not over. And um, that this has been something, you've heard of the story of Guantanamo. You haven't really heard the story of the hunger strikes yet properly from anybody, not in the, not in the way that you should. Um, and inshallah, hopefully this evening, um, it's important that we get out some of those points and you understand the importance of somebody sharing this because it's not easy. So I'm just gonna ask Mansoor a couple of questions and inshallah, please start answering your ask, ask, asking your questions in the Q&A, uh, not in the chat. And um, we'll get to you inshallah slowly. Mansoor, I wanna ask you brother, first tell me, ex explain to me, I have heard conflicting or various accounts about the, the reason for the hunger strike. Some people have said it was because we're detained without charge or trial. Others have said it was because of the desecration of the Quran and the strip searches and the uh, physical violation of the prisoners. Others have said that it was actually people were hunger striking to get better food. Um, what is the actual reason? Okay, Brother Ma'adlab, I just share a link on the, uh, on the chat uh, room about <clears throat> what Guantanamo was about. Was it really for terrorists and counting terrorism? It was safety, security, it wasn't. If you read the uh, research, it's about uh, um, uh, Guantanamo's Americans Battle Lab. I will let you to read it. Uh, the, Brother Ma'adlab, the, the major hunger strike was about first, First, about the desecration about the Quran and religion. It was it was like this is how it started. In 2005, it was also about that about genital search. It was include many things. It was about our detention there, like uh, because we it is the worst thing at Guantanamo. You didn't know why we didn't know why we were there until when and why and where I'm going to live and to where. So. Like when we start the hunger strike, it is the when we, when the negotiation started. Uh, I mentioned in my book too. When the negotiation started between the the administration and the, the brothers, it's like those issues about the detention, about the the mistreatment, about the medical issues for the brothers, uh, about the the desecration of the religion, about the mark and the prayers and everything. It's like all of that. Some of the brothers, yes. However, did hunger strike to get better food, to get medical attention. Uh, I remember one of the brothers, Melas Vanital Hassan is released, he's in UAE. We were in 2013. He wasn't hungry. He, he didn't hunger strike. We all went hunger strike because he had a really serious health issue. He did hunger strike to feed the cat, believe it or not. Because in 2013, the administration, anyone who fed the cat, he would be punished and they wouldn't give him any food. So he said, Look, I'm not on hunger strike, but now I will go to feed my cats. So he went and hunger us for seven days. And it's okay, you can feed the cat. So it is like uh, individuals, individual hunger strike for either like uh, some of some of the brothers, uh, like the Bosnian brothers, Al-Lakhdar, 
Sami Hajj, they did it because for their case, why I'm here. First, the detention. The major hunger strike, like everyone share about it, it was like also different uh, demands: uh, the detention, the religion, the treatment, the medical attention, and and, and, the, and and so on. So, okay. And did did now you said that they the brothers in the beginning sort of uh, sort of started slowly and then they started becoming more organized. But I want to ask, you know, from an Islamic perspective, were there any uh, were there any views um, that opposed the hunger strike from an Islamic perspective? It's one of the very controversial topics at Guantanamo. Even the brothers, Alhamdulillah, we have very good uh, scholars at Guantanamo, Akhuna Faisal Kandri and Abdurrahim Al-Afghani and others. Brother Mu'abdam, it is the intention. Again, like, what's your intention? Also, what's the purpose? Like, when I was talking to the camp administration, the brothers, we don't want to harm ourselves. And we don't want to kill ourselves or tell anyone, but we had no other choice. Sometimes it could be haram to do hunger strike because if there's no reason for, for it, and it could be mandatory to do it because the only way, if, if you know that you, the hunger strike will move your case and will get you released, it, maybe it's wajib to do it. It will be mandatory for you to do it. So we took it that way. The world needs, we need to send a message to the world about us, about situation, about our case, about everything. So. We, we, we use it as a mean, not as a, as the, for the hunger strike itself, but we knew if there's a brothers who really is going to die or harm themselves, we never let them to do hunger strike. So you can see the brothers who really did the, the first feeding and so on. Most of them, alhamdulillah, were healthy and strong, but we sacrifice a lot. There is, there is also cons consequences. But if you, we knew some brothers would get harmed or they like died, no, we like, it, in his case, it is forbidden. Similar as that. Okay. I'm going to ask you this. Um, it's a very personal question. Uh, just think about either yourself or somebody that you know in Guantanamo that was on the hunger strikes. When it got to the worst point that you feel, you know, like you said, the body starts to eat itself up. There's nothing, um, no, you know, there's, there's no intake at all. And people can imagine how they feel at the end of a, of a fast. Of a normal day's fast, a long fast that we have, like for example, in in long summer days here in Britain, they can be up to twenty hours in some countries. But this is something totally different. This is a, a this is a fast that you cannot. If you give it up, then your oppressor wins. So, tell me, how do you feel? First of all, physically, and then spiritually, how do you feel when you are so weak? Can you perform your salawat? Can you do normal things? How does your, where's your head? Are you thinking about family? Are you thinking about freedom? Where are you? Oh, <laughs> first of all, like, to, like it, first it's amazing how human spirit and body can endure, to be honest with you. Like I experienced it. And even after Guantanamo here, I did hunger strike for 48 days but it was a cheating with honey, with <laughs> so. But it, again, it was like it was it was a challenge. At Guantanamo, at the beginning, it is it was difficult and hard, like because the body is not used to it. Maybe fasting, you know. But when you get to use over and over again, your body starts uh, adapted to it. So, like we after the first days, the body like program that no food is coming. So 
your stomach is uh, uh, the stomach is sh shut down. Uh, I remember the brothers when used to do long hunger strike. Five seven days just warm up. Trust me. <laughs> it's like just to start. I'm warming up for hunger strike. Water uh, every two three days. Fruit to clean your stomach. So when you start like two three weeks, you start feeling weaker and weaker and weaker. Your uh, vision, thinking, your movement, and uh, your uh, status, like you start like not, you feel you are getting weaker and weaker. So I told you sometime we would uh, tie a sheet or towel around our stomach that would give us like just some like not feel hungry or feel weak. It just because that you like little have uh, feel uh, strength. When you reach after the 25 days, you can start perform uh, walk, talk, but drinking water. There is some, but not as uh, uh, not as like active. 40 days, you will still trust me. You will still also, uh, but you get you are getting weak and weak and weak. Like you are losing weight, your uh, jaw starts uh, showing. You become a skeleton after 40 days. Now. This was the serious uh, uh, period started. You after the forty days, you started uh, collapsing to the ground. Most important, it is psychological and mental. If you set up, I'm going to go that far. Your body will go with you. At the same time, what pushes us? It was like a, a will struggle between us and the demonstration. Like I'm not gonna break. You like. You have to you have to continue. You have to go. You have to go far. At the same time, dua. Also, while we are in hunger strike, we used to fast. That would make us subhanallah barakah and easy. Like fast during the day and drink water during the night and, and carry on. After the 45 days, now you really starting uh, there is like sleepless, dreams, thoughts, talk. Remembering food and food and food and food. <laughs> I remember like eating all day in my dreams. But also you can you couldn't sleep well. Like you can endure until 40 days and still walking and talking and like normal. You you will be surprised, trust me. Like I'm talking about experience here. After 50 days, now you start collapsing to the ground. <clears throat> you cannot walk well. And uh, you can't even stand. You start like struggle to talk. 60 days, you cannot move at all. Like, you know, you just maybe nodding your head, but still alive. I, I watched the brother, Saudi brother, who was like 60, uh, 62 days. He was my neighbor. I was like 57, 57 days, and I was doing well. Not well, but, you know, uh, I didn't die. But at the same time, I was like laying on the ground, making Tiamum and Sarawire sitting there. But it was also at the same time, we were being watched all the time. If you show them that you are still strong, they will leave you. So one of the things you have to show them that you're like totally collapsed. It's also, it's like, again, they learn, they, uh, they're watching and learning at the same time. Because when you talk to the doctor, they told us in our books, in our medical study, you should be all dead. So, and also they were, like, as I told you, they were learning, they were studying, they were watching, and because they don't, they don't, 
it was the it was a military you know they try to always to encounter your tactics you are dealing you are not dealing with you are dealing with military minds who see you as a war when they were told us that we were waging jihad against the united states it was like you should be ashamed about this they said yeah you never defeat us you bring your jihad to to america what what you're talking about he said yes it's the way how they tell the people like they do hunger strike, but they, they, they do jihad. I said, this is our demand. If you meet them, we'll stop. Simple as that. So they also try to counter hunger strike, try to break you, try to make you stop. The, try not to show you your fruit of your what are you doing. It's, uh, it's fascinating, Akhiga. Absolutely fascinating. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, make these actions uh, for you and all the brothers something that is of benefit and for you in Yom Al-Qiyamah and on your scale, Mizan Hasanatik, inshallah. Um, final question I'm gonna ask before I go to Q&A is this, do you, did you have an, any idea? We of course heard the hunger strikes over here in the UK and we did talk about it to what extent that we could. Uh, it did get some traction and of course, the evidence for that, the effectiveness of the hunger strike was that they were force feeding you. They didn't want people, people did die in Guantanamo, nine brothers died in Guantanamo, but not from the hunger strikes directly. So at what point do you think they started that the, they felt it necessary to do the uh, force feeding? And do you think that the message was getting out that it was having some effect? You know, the first feeding, I, I remember like we were, uh, even brother Shaker, he was with us in the hospital the uh, the senior medical officer who was in charge of the medical he told the colonel look if you don't solve the problem in the next 40 uh, 48 hours you will have a dead body here because there was like shakir he was in a really bad situation there was wabah there was yusuf i was two and abul bara five of us then i remember that day when the colonel came he said i uh, i got the green light from the White House to improve the situation in the camp. When the negotiation started, then collapse, we went back on hunger strike. So at that time, the Congress approved that detainees should be fed. And they were so happy that they could feed us. They didn't care. They brought the chair for a feeding chair, like with a tie, like tie your, your, uh, our head, our shoulder, our hands, our waist, and our uh, legs. And start from that uh, force, uh, the force uh, feeding. It was also like the counter to stop because uh, the brothers were demanding they either leave or they're going to continue hunger strike. It was a challenge. So it was like, it was Congress decision that they should force us there because, because we wanted to go that far. We, I mean, until we are going to stay in that place. And also it was, after, after Miller, uh, General Miller, who started the torture and the civil deprivation and the enhanced interrogation technique, it was a, like the thing that pushed us to do hunger strike. It was, it was a miserable situation. They, it was like, as I told you, Guantanamo was a lab where they developed uh, torture and they developed uh, uh, techniques how to interrogate and torture people in other places. So after. Uh, like uh, after 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 that, we went on hunger strike. Then they won by the policy of, of force feeding. They didn't care much. Even the first, and then when they force feed us, it was a way of torture too. Because, for example, when I arrived at Guantanamo, my weight was 120 uh, pound. If I when I go hunger strike, if I reach one, 100 less 
100 pounds, they will start feed me until I reach 120 pounds, then they will stop. Until again, it was like a way of torture because they said, you know, we like as a good, we receive you as 125, we res we're responsible for that weight. So they would feed you like for a few weeks, then again, they will need to starve again, over and over again. So the first feeding itself, it's a torture. But I mean, this is very powerful stuff. And of course, um, uh, you know, again, brothers and sisters, this the, you're not hearing something that you will normally hear from any person. This is not a, uh, this isn't somebody talking about something uh, that they heard. This is somebody talking about something that they lived through, that they experienced, that they witnessed, that they are a living witness for. So please appreciate, inshallah, um, what Brother Mansoor is telling you. He is telling you what many brothers went through uh, and are still living the consequences and the effects of that. And alhamdulillah, they did it. I want you to understand that the primary reason, the brother, there were many reasons, but the primary reason that started it off was the desecration of the Quran, the mistreatment of the brothers. Uh, they, some brothers did it for others and they all did it for one, for one another. And this is um, based on the concept of ukhuwa, uh, of brotherhood, that brothers from around the world, regardless of color, regardless of language, regardless of uh, wealth or status, they stood for one another in this, and it is something to be celebrated. Uh, yet nobody's celebrating it so far. Nobody is, and it is important, you brothers and sisters, get this, this is part of our history. The Irish celebrate theirs. Uh, the British, the women celebrate the suffragettes. Um, they celebrate Gandhi's hunger strike. It is about time that we start to celebrate our brothers and what they did for the defense of their faith, of their principles and one another. We're gonna go to the Q&A inshallah now um, from our uh, uh, people uh, listening inshallah. So there's uh, somebody anonymous, they asked, Asalaamu Alaikum Brother Mansoor, when you were doing the hunger strike, was there a point where your health was critical and you were about to give up? You know, during the hunger strike, trust me, it's not a fun journey. Like you, you are thinking about giving up every day because <laughs> hunger is not easy to handle. But there is a purpose behind it, especially like for me and for other brothers. We do hunger strike, not just for ourselves, it was all for our brothers because the pain of hunger is nothing compared when we watching our brothers misabused and treated and the arrogance and like we, the humiliation we feel there. So it's just, I remember the brother said, if the loin get angry, he will never eat. So you cannot eat, you cannot enjoy the food. Why you are being humiliated like with your food, with the clothes, with your clothes, with your praying. So it just, you spent months and years, you just, you have to, you have to react to it. And uh, I remember in 2013, I spent 37 days before they fed me. SubhanAllah, it was, I stopped, I, they, I, I stopped the drinking water, like almost like seven days, not drinking nothing at all. It was like between life and death, SubhanAllah. They used to come and give me like every week or every five days, they give me IV. And the kind of that day he didn't care. He was thinking he thought, they thought I was one of the instigators and organizers. One of the days, SubhanAllah, uh, they, they went to the BHU. It's called like behavioral, uh, behavioral uh, health unit. One night I was, was really tired. I, I 
I prayed Isha and Maghrib and just lay down on the ground, in like in the Isuman, in my place. That night, subhanAllah, I, I had a dream. I, I saw myself in the dream. I was laying bit, uh, laying on the, on the floor and there was like really thin stream of water running uh, beside my head. And I was struggling between life and death in the dream. SubhanAllah. Then I saw uh, Maryam salam. She was standing at my head and she was praying. I saw tear came out of her cheek and to the water. I wake up, I, 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 I drink from that water and I woke up at that, at that moment. Wallahi, at that moment when I woke up, as I was like, I, I wasn't like in hunger strike, was like feeling nothing, nothing like feel uh, happy. Like I was, I was really, really struggling, but that moment I will never forget in my life, subhanAllah. And I carried on just simple as that. This is one of the things I will never forget about the hunger strike. And you'll find it in the, in the book too. We, we have like really big chapter on hunger strike in the book. That's uh, brothers and sisters. That's a, well, it's a very absolutely beautiful um, narration of that story. Um, so Mansoor's book is um, is called "Don't Forget Us Here: Lost and Found in Guantanamo." We can think you should be able to pre-order it onto on Amazon, and will be released in in uh, August. Inshallah, we'll be doing events with Mansoor for the launch of that book. But please keep an eye out. Eye out. It's called "Don't Forget Us Here: Lost and Found at Guantanamo," and that is. I mean, that is subhanAllah one of the most beautiful dreams. And I've had several dreams in Guantanamo. I had many dreams in Guantanamo, but that has to be one of the most, most powerful. Uh, I'll go to the next question, inshallah. There's um, another person's asking, so powerful to hear your story, Brother Mansoor, Jazakallah khair for sharing. Um, how did you organize and communicate between all the brothers while detained uh, to arrange the plans for the hunger strike? And who took the lead of these actions? Organizing the hunger strikes wasn't easy, especially like it was easy during the when we were in Camp Delta because we could shout and talk to each other. Uh, it was easier. Uh, organizing, we organized like uh, 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 the brothers as like respected brothers who uh, was like uh, respected among us, and we always talk about it, Mashora talk, discuss it, and who can do what we can do with the purpose and so on. And we carry, we carry on. There was like, there was no head or like a leader or a commander or, and so on. There was no such thing. It was like a volunteering job to do. And Alhamdulillah, most of the brothers who was at Guantanamo came either from really uh, a Islamic background or a very conservative brother, which also at the same time, the hardship and the the worst of that uh, the situation brought brought us together to create like really brother strong brotherhood and friendship and uh, so on it was it takes time like as arabs we talk a lot discussing a lot you know like crazy trust me you don't want to go there but in the end we did it it was it was hard when we moved to camp five and six because because those blocks designed as like maximum uh, maximum security and we cannot communicate properly so it takes weeks so one of the brothers, uh, uh, Adnan, he was so smart, mashallah, he used to write to us like this in the book, like, you will never see nothing. 
unless you focus. So if you, you need to read the book. So he had he doesn't like any any ink, but we get the letter from Camp Six to Camp Five. I will get all the news. Like, okay, brother, I get this book because the books rotate from the library every week. So, brother, uh, the guards of the librarian they check for writing, actual writing. But Akhuna uh, Adnan said always Adnan Sharabi. The news is going to happen that way. We're like, I think there is a writing there. <laughs> I guess you need, to, you need the book to find it. So this is one of the ways to communicate. Also, on the way we communicate through the rickyard. Sometime. We have like something called Corto or some like call uh, the mall guards. Uh, but some, some of some of the guards were devil agent for the condition and for us. So also sometimes we had we had our our own way to get information from the guards from interrogation marine like, oh, uh, how many how many uh, uh, how many brothers the hunger strike in Chem Six? Like, don't say there is hunger strike. It's like, what happened to the brother who went like? And they tell you the hunger strike started from there. So it was a way and like talking the situation, sending messages takes takes time. MashaAllah, excellent. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Like as I told uh, you, brother, like if we just make a documentary about the hunger strike, it'd be long. I could write, I can write a book just about hunger strike. And inshallah, it, 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 as I said, this is one of the most important things that the story of, the, of Guantanamo that hasn't really come out properly. It hasn't been given its due. Um, so we'll go to the next question. Uh, Naseba, she asks, uh, when did the guards start force feeding and what did it feel like? I think we addressed it a little bit, but if you want to go ahead, inshallah. Uh, when, and when the guards start, start force feeding? Yeah, well, yeah, the force feeding. We, I think we already mentioned the point at which they started the force feeding when it went to Congress. And it became yes. uh, um, sanctioned from Congress. Therefore, it means that it did have the effect. Uh, the hunger strike had the effect. But she's asking also, what did it feel like? Can you describe a little bit of what it felt like, the process? Uh, it felt horrible. Just they put the tube through your nose, like really crazy feelings. Especially, <clears throat> it became easier. But in 2006, when the negation collapsed, we went on hunger strike again. And th that time, I remember, we uh, the uh, a colonel arrived where he took us one by one to the medical. He he was holding my file. Who is this? They said uh, four for one. <clears throat> four one. He like so mean guy. You kind of bite his ass like, sir. Do you know why I'm here? No. Okay. Uh, I am here to bring a hunger stri strike. I don't give a shit why you're here. I don't care why you're doing hunger strike. Sir, I'm here to ask you today to eat because tomorrow there will be no asking. You understand me? Do you understand me, sir? You know, like I try, I was young, I tried to explain. He said, I do not give a shit. Eat. And he left. The second day they brought us to November Black, they brought a pile of uh, containers of, of hunger strike. They brought really a thick uh, tube, they call it 18 French. With like they have a metal on the tip. They tied us in the force feeding chair, which is actually designed for torture. They tied our head, our like uh, eight points, and they start pushing the, the tube. Blood came out, this really big tube. They also started uh, pouring the insure. It doesn't matter how much. If you scream, whatever, just eat. The only word, eat, eat, eat. I was throwing up, and they were like pouring the insure. 
and the end they would give us some uh, laxative that will make uh, make the sorry to make like stuff going like you cannot control it. We were tied on the on the first feeding chair for ten to twelve hours. Uh, we did it ourselves. I mean, like it it happened in the interrogation. Sorry, guys, it's disgusting, but and they were fan of us. When we, when they put us back in the cell, I know it's horrible, it's dark. They would take us our clothes because you throw up. They would force us like three or five times a day like that. It's, I couldn't stand for two days. We couldn't because it was really, really like, no matter what, they will break you. So you cannot, you can't stand it. This is, uh, I mean, the first, thing is still, the first feeding is still until now. There are still some brothers hunger strike there. Like I think Akhuna Rabbani and Ghassan. And some of them like for 15 years on force feeding, believe it or not. And one of the, it didn't happen in history. Like uh, that people got that far on hunger strike. Yeah, you can, um, you, you may have read recently, there's a, um, an article on Al Jazeera, uh, which is about Rabbani, Ahmed Rabbani. Uh, and his son and how he talks about himself um, living in poverty and a great deal of hunger where they are in Pakistan. So uh, this is Ahmed Rabbani, who's, who's still in Guantanamo, Pakistani citizen, who's originally a Rohingya of the Rohingya origin. Um, next question I'm gonna go to, uh, and again, these are very difficult questions for Mansoor to answer, of course, for any, any person. So please bear in mind, they're very heavy and that these questions shouldn't just be asked for the sake of asking, but for the sake of doing something to be, to be active on the issue of Guantanamo, to campaign against it, to make sure that you take notes from this, uh, that you share the letter that myself, Mansoor, Muhammad Walid Salahi, and many of the other brothers signed and wrote and had published um, to Biden calling for the closure of Guantanamo. Uh, inshallah, please do share that. It's uh, on the website of the New York Review of Books. Um, the next question somebody asked is, uh, M.A., did any brothers pass away from the hunger strikes? Did anybody pass away directly as a result of the hunger strike? Once? No, not any brother died from the hunger strike. As I told you, we were very careful with the brothers. And alhamdulillah, we uh, respect each other. And if any brother need uh, medical attention, he has, but we, we all would fight for him and he gets stand there. As I told you, alhamdulillah, we had really strong brotherhood and friendship there. Uh, none of the brothers died of uh, hunger strike. I mean, so you're aware that, that, that there are people who died in Guantanamo, a total of nine brothers have died in Guantanamo, not from the hunger strikes, but from other different methods, um, some natural and some less natural. Uh, the question that the brother's asking me is, Brother Mazam, you referred to us celebrating, how so? Please, could you expand on this? Uh, what I mean by celebrating, my dear brothers and sisters, is simply, is, is simply this, is that if you, yeah, as I said, this, um, if you think of the IRA hunger strikers, um, the most famous of them is somebody called Bobby Sands. And Bobby Sands, he won the election. And it's important you know this. He won the election for his constituency while he was in prison and on hunger strike. Um, he, he did it to show that he could win. He refused to take the seat because they refused to accept the British presence uh, on Northern Ireland. Uh, but it was to show... Uh, that this was something they were serious about. Ten of those hunger strikers died in uh, in in pursuit of that aim, a united Ireland, and uh, for the prisoners. 
The reason why I say celebrate this, again, uh, uh, I, I made mention of the suffragettes today. You know, there was a point at which the suffragettes were, were seen as a problem. They were seen as terrorists. They were seen as extremists and so forth. And today they're celebrated. They're celebrated in film. They're celebrated in books. They're celebrated in discussions. They're celebrated in literature. They're celebrated in schools and taught about them. When I say celebrate, my dear brother, that's, this is exactly what I mean. These are our brothers who stood up for their principles, for Islam, uh, for justice, for one another. And very few of us know their story from them um, in this way. So inshallah, this is something we must record and celebrate. And the brothers themselves are involved in the recording, like Mansoor, as I said in his book. And it is for us to celebrate. And the way we celebrate is by uh, teaching and telling others that this is a part of our legacy, that we are proud of our brothers for this. Um, somebody's asking, can Brother Mansoor explain the force feeding? I think he's already done that, alhamdulillah. Uh, uh, and yeah, so he's already explained that. Uh, a brother here, his name is Mudassar uh, Razak. He says, uh, we cannot begin to imagine what you went through. When you were going through the pangs of hunger, did you ever question what the world was doing to help? Did you ever think about that, Mansoor? It is always there's a when you're in the, in the place you always do, try to read to get the voice to the world outside uh and again like we were in the in the situation we were like disconnected to to everything outside world but we had faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we had hope and sometime you need just to do the reason when Maryam alayhi salam gave birth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the woman who was given birth, pain. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the, the, the angel to tell her to shake the tree. What the angel could just, he could do it for her. You know, you have to do something. You have to reason. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, put barakah in your actions. That's what we try to do. We try to raise our voice. It's not just about about our humanity we were humans we tried to reach like to the to the humanity outside world what happening there so uh and uh, sometime like as i told you we thought the world forget about us because you know it was situation where you have no idea what's going on there disconnected to, to your family to the world to yourself is that the policy of the place itself tried to separate your mind of your body tried to destroy you like everything around you is designed to break you. Whether like, even like one of the things, like even during our hunger strike, you will be taken to the interrogation room. They will put in front of you a big table of food, delicious. And the interrogator, male or female, they will start eating and teasing you. <laughs> so sometimes they would order the guards to come to eat in front of you and throw yourself eating your food. Nah, so no. I remember one day I was in hunger strike just wearing a shirt. Uh, shirt. And the interrogator came, he came and to me, he brought like orange uh, cloth and the meal. My meal, my meal, <laughs> breakfast. He started eating like talking, blah, 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 we're doing hunger strike. You are doing uh, terrorist uh, action here. You are trying to eat just nonsense. Then when he finished, he started like cleaning his mouth with the orange, <laughs> like I remember that laugh a lot. He didn't like the food actually because it wasn't well prepared. Uh, prepared. Okay. Um there's a message I see from somebody called uh, Brother Abdul Fattah. If you're still there, uh, I, I saw your message to me. Assalamu alaikum. I haven't seen you and spoken to you for a long time, but uh, 
May Allah protect you and keep you safe. And inshallah, I hope I'll see you again soon. I think there's a final question here before we end. And I said, Assalamu brothers. Uh, I am both horrified to hear these things and honored to hear directly from you. What was the most powerful lesson you learned with these hunger strikes? And may I interpret the orange scarf as uh, a symbol of protest? Thank you, uh, Brother Mansoor, for all you've sh uh, shared so far. And thank you, Brother Mazam, for all you do to educate and make these stories heard. So, Akhi, uh, if you can tell us, what was the most powerful lesson that you learned from these hunger strikes? Yeah. And can you also, also explain the, the, the reason why you were in orange? First of all, subhanAllah, like for a few months, I have been like thinking really to write a small book about Guantanamo talk to me. It's like religious and spiritual things. It's not just one lesson, you learn a lot. Before Guantanamo, I studied Aqidah, Tawakkur, Ridah, like those books. But I never experienced any of it. I never tasted the sweet of it only at Guantanamo. It's the place where you learn a lot about yourself, about your value, about your faith, about your friends, about everyone there. So I learned a lot from the hunger strike, alhamdulillah. I didn't care about the food anymore. I <laughs> Sometimes I forget to eat, so it doesn't matter. Like I just, I can eat anything. It doesn't matter what kind of food, alhamdulillah, I could survive bread, dates, milk, rice, whatever. So alhamdulillah. One of the texts also learned that, you know, uh, it's discipline. Hunger strike, like the food you love so much after you spend long time far away, it's just a desire and you can control it. And there's a lot of lessons, not just about from the hunger strike. It's also from, and also like, it gives you some confidence. It gives you some that no matter what you did, it has impact. Even it doesn't happen at that time. Like we did the hunger strike that time, but still echoing until that we are talking about now. Alhamdulillah, I am, uh, my Allah subhanahu except from me and from my brothers, but we didn't, we didn't do it for personal gain or for fame or for uh, to hurt anyone or to make America look bad as they were accused all the time. We did it for the sake of our humanity, our value, our faith for our brothers and for our freedom. And as I told you, as, as I always tell myself, like I'm not gonna keep silent because keeping silence, it gives you share, you help the oppressor to oppress you. So at least do something, even like scream every single day that's it if you can do this do this that's uh you know from the verse of allah Allah, as much as you are able to do so um we've we've ended the questions there subhanallah this is you know again one of the most powerful powerful um events um speaking with you Akhi, there's uh every single time you you tell us something unique this is you know this is almost this is a decade and a half of your life and a part of your life that um most people will never even understand it even if they read 10 books about it uh that you know hearing about something is not like seeing it and witnessing it but you try our best or we try our best and inshallah you have done a, a, a marvelous job this evening explaining to our brothers and sisters a taste of what hunger is and indeed, as the days of Ramadan approach to us, I want you, brothers and sisters, please 
to bear in mind um, all of what you've learned and heard from Mansoor today. There are still 40 brothers in Guantanamo. Some of them still are on hunger strike, even as we speak. Some of them still, even as we speak, are being force fed. Just understand this. So now this is what we're, we're coming up to 20 years. I don't think that there is any in, in modern living history, any examples uh, like this. I don't think there are. And if there are, please do tell me. Uh, so with that, inshallah, uh, I'm going to end. Uh, again, once, uh, let me ask you once more, uh, if you haven't seen the letter that's written by myself and Mansoor and Muhammad Walid Salahi and others, please do read it. It's on the New York Review of Books. You should find it in the, uh, in the chat. Um, please share it. Please tag in uh, politicians and media people for them to hear this message. This message is uh, from the Guantanamo prisoners themselves. And we have set out an eight point plan which can be implemented. Um, and this isn't by lawyers, it's not by activists, it's not by anybody else, it's by the prisoners themselves who lived there, who understood and have experienced some of what you just heard. Uh, also, uh, buy Mansoor's book, uh, pre-order it if you haven't already. Uh, don't forget us here. Um, and inshallah, keep your eye open for more events when Ramadan comes. Uh, we will want you to support the work of Cage and support the work of uh, Mansoor and others who have been held in Guantanamo. Uh, and with that, I'm going to end. Uh, I'll give the final word to Mansoor. And inshallah, we'll see you again next time. Um, thank you, Brother Ma'adam. <clears throat> First of all, I would like to thank all the brothers and sisters who attend the event today. And uh, please don't forget your brothers and sisters who is being oppressed, like either in Guantanamo or other places. At least, at least we owe them the dua. This is the least we can do for them. And uh, please, brothers and sisters, the intention is very important in everything you do. Like, make it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah in your deeds, in your, in your health, in your age and everything. Uh, exactly. Allah barakatuh.